The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome one, welcome all. It is the NFC East Mixtape, the greatest show in the history of the world, presented to you in partnership by Bleeding Green Nation, SB Nation's home for Philadelphia Eagles content, and Blogging the Boys, SB Nation's home for Dallas Cowboys content, the NFC East leading Dallas Cowboys. He is Brandon Lee Gowden of BGN. I am Margie Ochoa of BTB. We gather around the proverbial campfire every week to talk about the NFL's most storied division. BLG, happy week six to you, my friend. RJ, I turn 30 in less than a week. And I'm already feeling it. I'm an old man and I'm tired because I was up late last night watching Monday Night Football that went to overtime. Obviously, Carson Wentz, you know, a guy you might be familiar with was playing in that game and then talked about it on the SB Nation NFL show last night late with Rob Stats Carrera. So a little cheap plug from the beginning for you to listen to the national show in addition to this show at the NFC East. I do want to ask a question or kind of ponder something with you when we get there. Um, we go in order of division standings here uh, on the NFC's mixtape. So the Eagles are third in line. Um, but I forgive me because I forgot the exact date of your birthday. Like there's so many birthdays that are clogged together. It's the 18th, right? Yep. You got it. Mine is the 20th. So next week is the like full on, you know, NFC's mixtape birthday show. Uh, and we normally record on Tuesdays, which is what we're doing right now. So we will literally record in the sandwich, the meat of our birthdays. Pretty cool, you know, little stuff there. What is your favorite sandwich? Oh, that is a great question. If I'm making it myself, um, I'm not saying this is the best sandwich, but just like, you know, things that are around peanut butter and banana. Um, you know, like mm, I can, I can wow. slap that together really quick. If I'm feeling really fancy, I'll toast it um, and kind of, you know, let all that that magic happen. Uh, but if I'm going somewhere, I mean, a good roast beef sandwich. Uh, I like the New Yorker from McAllister's. Uh, I like I'm a pretty versatile guy in the world of sandwiches. What about you? That's so interesting that you would go with sweet over savory. Um, not not an invalid answer. I just it's so interesting that you, you chose that path uh, incorrectly, as you often do. Um, my mind went to one thing, and it's not necessarily like my peanut butter and butter. Thing. Nope. Uh, I went something more savory, and it's not like necessarily what I want all the time. But like you know, what's a really good sandwich, and I guess it's just in my mind right now is a Cuban sandwich. I think a Cuban sandwich is a great combination of different things that I like. And I could really go for a Cuban sandwich right now. Hopefully you get one. Um, maybe that's on your birthday wish list. I know something that is on yours is also on mine. And that is for everyone to subscribe to the blog and the boys to the bleeding Nation podcast networks to leave a rating, to write a review and do the cross rating review. If you are a BTB fan, go to BGN. You don't have to subscribe. We're not going to press you there, but leave a rating, write a review five stars. Just let's, let's help out the, the company as a whole. Let's all be teammates here. Then you can write whatever you want. You can say whatever disparaging remarks you want to about the opponent team but give the five star rating first uh that's the that's the main thing that you want for your birthday right blg you got to keep the main thing the main thing and the main thing i want yes is apple podcast reviews for bgn people going over to the blog and the boys feed and then uh vice versa Mm. well done well said um next week will be a lot of fun and next week we will have uh maybe only one win in the NFC East to talk about, which was not the case this week. In fact, this was the first time in a long time, BLG, that the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles both won in the same week. Uh, So I guess uh, a level of harmony here on the mixtape, but we start with the first place Dallas Cowboys, a 44-20 victory over the New York, not so good at football, has been my joke all week. Giants, 
Um, the Giants were actually a little bit pluckier than I thought, and man, they are down on their luck. Um, I don't know how you how anybody wouldn't bury the Giants. I mean, I think that that was already fair before this game, but Daniel Jones hurt, Saquon Barkley hurt, Kenny Galladay hurt, Andrew Thomas was already hurt. Um, Kadarius Tony is the man, and I do think I'm very fascinated to to kind of look at Kadarius Tony versus Devonte Smith over the future, see who winds up being right. the better the better draft pick. Hey, Kadarius Tony looks better right now if we're going just off what they've done in the NFL. I mean, so, but seriously, the Giants are uh, are up a creek here, and Joe Judge, I mean, just gives off big bad vibes, man. I mean, Mister, we gotta play by the rules. Another, you know, Kadarius Tony got ejected. You can't tell me that you're all about, you know, abiding by the rules and everything when this is what happens to you. Big bad vibes. BBV, big blue view. There you go. Um, from the Cowboys standpoint of this all, though, uh, RJ, I mean, the Giants just didn't really stand a chance, especially once right. Daniel Jones got hurt. And I was kind of disappointed just for the sake of like seeing a more interesting game. Cause once Mike Lennon comes in, like, who cares? Like, there's nothing, there's right. nothing intriguing to like learn about Mike, like, probably one of the least like intriguing backup quarterbacks in the NFL. There's just nothing like there to really care about. And I thought it could have been more of a game if Daniel Jones was in there. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe it would have gone a similar way in the end, but like we didn't get to see, and I wanted to see at least how that would go. I thought that the Giants probably not, were not going to win, but like, I thought they might be able to cover, might be able to keep a little bit too close for comfort, but uh, we don't get to see that. Of course, because Daniel Jones gets hurt and the rest of the Giants are just banged up, as you mentioned in general. So it's really not, the greatest like game to measure i think where the giants are at although obviously they're bad um so that's that's we know that and what it's it's eight times now that the cowboys have beaten the giants in a row back to 2016 with with dak prescott uh right. specifically because andy dalton played last year in the second sure. game yeah dak has only lost two games to the giants and they were his rookie year um you'll remember the cowboys lost three games that year um, the two to the Giants, and they technically lost the Week 17 game against the Eagles. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Dak owns them, dude. I mean, in the worst way for them. And, you know, you mentioned the Giants part of this is insignificant. I think I almost feel like we could just, like, throw the Giants away. Like, the Giants are uninteresting until 2022 at least. Um, but this was a good week for, you know, if you hate the Giants, in that the Chicago Bears won, push that first-round pick, you know, further back. But, yeah, man, I mean – it, it felt like the Cowboys were going to stabilize in the second half anyway. That's kind of what they've, they've done over the course of the last few games. But you're right. It would have been a little bit more interesting to see it against Daniel Jones. But Mike Glennon, don't throw to Trayvon Diggs. And that might be – there are two massive takeaways for every Cowboys fan at this particular junction. One is that Trayvon Diggs might be the best cornerback in the NFL, or at least he's in the conversation. And, well, let's have that conversation first. That changes this team. Like, when, when was the last time the Cowboys had a defensive player that made you nervous when you played them? Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, it would, oh, easily, Demarcus Ware. Yeah, right. But so it's it's been a while, right? Like you, you yeah, you, you were never like I have to imagine never like oh crap, Leighton Vanderish. You know what I mean? Like oh, even Sean yeah. Lee like is is great, but like can't couldn't impact nice the game. Right, yeah. couldn't impact the game in the way that that now Trayvon Diggs is. Uh, an interception through each of the first six games. Obviously, had two against the Panthers. Had the pick six against the Eagles. This is pretty stunning. I mean, it's it 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 add. The Cowboys are playing incredible complimentary football right now. The offense is scoring. The defense is getting takeaways. I mean, it's – and right now, I mean, it, Trayvon has to be the front runner for defensive player of the year. And the Cowboys might have the front runner or at least somebody in the conversation for MVP and Dak Prescott and certainly for comeback player of the year. Like, everything is is coming up Cowboys right now, which uh, to, to go to your power rankings on Tuesday is pretty annoying, I have to imagine, for you. Uh, I have them at ninth, so I keep them I'm just saying their success can. is pretty annoying for you. Sure. Um, you, you said it well. I think Diggs is, you know, playing out of his mind. It's, it's really crazy. My, so when I'm you're, you're bringing up Diggs here, I'm thinking in my head like this is the value of having a good draft when you draft CD Lamb and Trayvon Diggs, guys who are like young guys who aren't just coming in and like, oh, they're showing like a flash. No, they're like playing like star players. Like, and it's frustrating for me from the Eagles side. Like the Eagles have not really had that as much. I think Devontae Smith is on his way. And is better maybe than you think he is, but uh, <laughs> that's one player. I'm talking about like let's, let's even just put him aside. Like you're just not seeing that really across the board. The Eagles have like some late round guys, you know, like Quez Watkins or Jordan Mailata, who've you know outperformed expectations. Andre Dillard actually hasn't looked you know as bad as we thought he would, um, but still like these aren't like star players, like bona fide star, like you know leading. People the are going to buy their jerseys, right? 
Yeah, like like you need that. So like it's one thing to hit on those late picks, and I think that's what a, an elite football team kind of has to do. They have to have they have to get the obvious stuff right and hit on some of these late you know, late round stuff. And that's why I think the Cowboys are really good right now because they're they're getting the main stars there, and then obviously they have some other pieces going for them as well. Um, so yeah, it's a easy kind of schedule right now for the Cowboys, as we've said. That's not to take away from them. I mean, you've said as much too. Sure. They're just they're in a schedule that is <laughs> very winnable. Uh, you highlighted a lot about the quarterbacks they face, and again, even got even easier because Daniel Jones got knocked out of the game. Uh, yeah, so they're just taking advantage right now, and good teams do that. The other sort of surprising takeaway: um, there's a, a contingency of people who are like, "I'm not surprised by this. I knew this was going to happen." But Ezekiel Elliott has refound, um, call it the fountain of youth, call it his old form, whatever. Zeke is playing incredibly well through five games, small sample size, you know, in the big picture here. But uh, through the first five games of the season, BLG, this is the third best start that he's ever gotten off to in his career uh, in 2016. And I'm talking about best from a yardage standpoint. 2016, first five games, 109 carries, 546 yards, five touchdowns. 2018. 480 yards, but off of 93 carries and only two touchdowns on the ground. 2021, which is where we are now, 452 yards, so 28 less yards, however, on eight less carries. He's only had 85 carries so far this season and five touchdowns on the ground. He does have the best yards per carry through the first five games of a season that he's ever had in his career. Um, the offense is, you know, it. I, I tweeted this out on Tuesday. Charles Robinson, who does a great job covering the league for Yahoo!, uh, after he went to Cowboys camp on his podcast, You Pod to Win the Game, he had mentioned how he spoke to someone and the Cowboys wanted to get back to running the football. Not like establishing the run, but playing full complimentary football and incorporating Tony Pollard in that mix. And I don't know if it's that the Cowboys feel like they want to have Zeke be fresher down the stretch or, or something like that, but they are actually doing that. And yards aren't everything, but I mean, through the first five games of the season, the Cowboys have the third and 10th leading rushers in the NFL in their same backfield, which is pretty amazing given that their offense also is extremely potent through the air. I think it's just a favorable game script situations right now. It's not about like, you know, Hey, we're in these close games. The Cowboys are playing their formula, which has worked well for them in the past to different, you know, degrees. But I think back to even like 2014 and 2016, where it was all about, you know, being able to run the ball and getting up and then, and now I think it's evolved since 2016. Obviously Dak wasn't the same player. He was as rookie as he is now um, where you can, in a, like it's, it's the ideal NFL analytical, uh thing to do like where people think it's about hey you got to establish a run the pass it's really the opposite it's like you have to establish right. the pass to be able to run the football and kind of control the game and i think that's what the cowboys are doing and it kind of you know makes you wonder how they will do or fair and probably still not bad but not like wheels coming off but like if they're going to get in these situations where they get ahead and steamroll like you're not going to come back against them but if they're trailing you know that's, then obviously they have to play a different game it's not as ideal yeah um New England Patriots on Saturday, our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook have the Dallas Cowboys as four-point favorites, BLG. Where do you lean there? Well, I mean, you could use promo code SBNNFL if you're I, I set getting... you up to do the, you know, yeah, the plug. Of course. Yeah, a, yeah. If, if you wanted to do that, of course, you get a special <laughs> offer. Shout out to the SB Nation NFL show's sponsor. Not a sponsor here, but just wanted to give that little plug for, you know, the people. Not yet. Who, you know what I mean? We're, we'll do what we can. We'll get there. You not know, yet. Don't... Yeah, not yet. Um, so... What am I leading in this one? I mean, the Cowboys. I mean, the Patriots, they can't score, man. There's six teams in the NFL that have scored fewer points than the Patriots, which, by the way, I kind of want to take you to task, you and stats. Get, get stats. I'm just going to drop him into this podcast real quick. Oh, Bill Belichick. He's going to sign Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. He's going to reinvent yeah, the NFL. We... Now, great offense, 12 personnel. It's going to be amazing. Teams aren't going to have any answers for it. Uh, teams have had like all the answers for it because it's not that good. No. And Bill Belichick isn't actually that good. It was Tom Brady who made him all along. Okay, first of all, on the subject of things <laughs> we were wrong about, uh, Tony Casillas and I did an episode of the 750 specifically about things we were wrong about regarding the Cowboys, but in a good way, like things we're pleasantly surprised to be wrong about. Uh, so if you're listening on, on the blog on the boys side, you can go back in your feed and listen to that episode. Maybe BLG and I will do that uh, with regards to the NFC East as a whole. But if we do, something you were definitely wrong about, BLG, oh, the Washington football team, this defense is going to be awesome. <laughs> this defense is going to be great, Ryan. And I realize Ryan Fitzpatrick's hurt, but like Ron Rivera is so good. This means nothing, but Mike McCarthy has surpassed Ron Rivera for wins as NFC East head coaches. Uh, Ron Rivera's Washington football team, while he is an incredible human being, is not good 
at all. They lose to the New Orleans Saints. Their defense so bad, BLG, that they give up a Hail Mary to Jameis Winston at the end of the first half. It is yikes time in Washington. Um, there's some off-the-field stuff to get to, uh, obviously, but before we do, the football part of this, uh, Washington is Basuda. Jameis Winston having a really strange quarterback season, by the way, just as a kind of related side right. note here. He is like, uh, I think he's sixth in the NFL in pass rating. He's only like 29th or something in the yards. Like It's just like having a really strange year. Um, uh, yeah, so to be able to, car- be, to, to be carved up by them, rather, uh, kind of an issue. And I believe it is only the Chiefs who are surrendering more points in the NFL this year. You love to say both here and on the SB Nation NFL show about how uh, I was wrong. And clearly I was about the Washington defense. Now, again, I will say that literally no one predicted them to be like go from one of the best defenses in the NFL to like the very worst, one of the very worst defenses in the NFL. I still am trying to wrap my head around this. I'm guessing like. Maybe we just overstated how good it was last year in terms of level of competition. But even still, like, I just don't fully believe it should be this bad. Like, I feel like there has to be something going on with either Jack Del Rio or, I mean, Ron Rivera obviously shares some of the responsibilities, a defensive guy. Like, they just don't have answers. And it's, it's really strange. And I think, you know, not having a great quarterback doesn't help their defense in terms of, you know, maybe putting them in a lot of bad positions with the turnovers and whatnot. But still, man, like, I just don't know how they can spend all these, like, assets on defense and everything and make all these moves and just it, it be this bad. Like, I don't I don't get it. Like, what? what how, how is this happening? Now, I was right to be very clear. Uh, but to be clear, I did not anticipate they would be awful. I thought they would regress to the mean. And they've they've gone way beyond that, as you mentioned. I don't know if you've seen DVOA rankings yet. BLG, we do record on Tuesdays when they come out. They are 28th uh, by defensive DVOA. So really gross. In fact, the only teams with worse defensive DVOAs than the Washington football team at present moment, the Detroit Lions, yikes. The Atlanta Falcons, who lost to the Washington football mm. team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, Chiefs have the number one offense, thank you, Bear, by DVOA and the last defense. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. They can score. They cannot stop a team from scoring. Uh, Washington, on the other hand, uh, it's just, you know, where are things going to go from him here? I think even the, the, the people are good, fine f- friends from Hogshaven. I was reading some of their coverage, as I do, and I check all the, I peruse through all the NFC East, SB Nation, NFL team blogs. And I think they're pretty uh, honest about, like, you know, where things are moving forward. Like, they have a tough schedule, as you've highlighted before, RJ. And it's not like everything's going to get better here. Um, I think the exact wording that they have here, um, as I'm looking at my phone of the article, uh so the, the chiefs are ne- up next uh for washington rj and then after that i mean the game is in fedex at fedex field in, in landover maryland um so they have that going for them great uh but then the next three games after that washington plays in green bay against the packers and then they have the broncos in denver which you know i don't think the broncos are amazing but it's in denver so it's a game and it's not a lock by any means that washington wins that then they get the tampa bay bucks uh i believe after their bye so not the best stretch here for Washington football team. I mean, between them and the Giants, and as we've talked about all along, it just looks like that it's just not going to be competitive at the end of the year. That stretch at the end of the year is just kind of going to be like some meaningless games. Maybe, maybe the Eagles are floating around. There's a chance, like, I think they could not really make it in a way where uh, they're actually seriously contending and trying to catch up to the Cowboys, but like they might like theoretically be like, you know, that graphic they'll show on TV, like in the hunt kind of thing. Like they'll be good enough to like make that, like they, we pretend that they're actually uh, relevant there, but otherwise, yeah, I don't think Washington football team is going anywhere too soon. It's almost uh, like the Eagles are the second best team in the division, like RJ said. So no big deal. Um, yeah, dude, I, you mentioned like maybe we, and I, by we, I mean all of you wrong people, overrated what Washington did last year. Seven wins, four against the NFC East, one of which the Eagles threw to them, two against the Cowboys with extenuating circumstances. They beat Nick Mullins. They knocked out Joe Burrow and beat him. And, I mean, they were going to win that game anyway, though. But then they, they beat the Steelers when the Steelers were a shell of themselves. And they beat the Falcons this year. Cool. Who are terrible. I'm, I'm not at all impressed that the Falcons beat the Jets. You know, whatever. But, I mean, they are really 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 bad and they have a lot of problems uh in a lot of different ways and football wise so again our friends at DraftKings sportsbook have them as seven point underdogs against the kansas city chiefs i mentioned uh that kansas city has the number one offense by dvoa 
and Washington almost has the worst defense. This just feels like a really, really, really bad day for Washington. I mean, they might allow some points because, again, the Chiefs defense is hideous. But I mean, right. I think the Chiefs will be able to score enough on Washington's defense to kind of negate that. And by the way, Chase Young, do you know how many sacks he has, RJ, in five games this year? Two. It's one. And he has three quarterback hits. Like, I, I mean, I guess he's drawing extra attention. But still, I mean, like, you don't draft a guy at number two to only get one sack in five games. Like, you're drafting that guy to be elite and dominate week in and week out and get the results in addition to all the extra attention and stuff. Um, as if their football problems weren't enough. Um, obviously, by now, everybody is well aware of John Gruden resigning as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the aftermath of the NFL's investigation to the Washington football team. BLG, there's not a lot that we know about this at the time of recording, but on Tuesday afternoon, uh, it, you know, it's reported that the NFLPA is petitioning to have the NFL release the findings of the Washington football investigation, um, which, again, led to John Gruden's resigning um, or resignation, excuse me. But um, I don't know that this story is over from a Washington perspective. Bruce Allen was named in, in a lot of these reports. Obviously, his ties to the organization, Dan Snyder's history, I think, is really well known at this point in time. Uh, but but it does seem like this is going to hover over the football team and, and their organization for a little bit. Maybe this is a kind of bottoming out year, not only for like the on-field product, but the off as well in terms of like they're going to have to take their lumps and Dan Snyder, who's already kind of been ousted in somewhat kind of way uh, or punished in you know, a way. Um, maybe this is where like Washington fans finally, like for what they've been calling for, for forever, basically, I think since he bought the team, uh, actually get rid of the bad guy and can start anew and uh you know we'll see we'll see if that actually happens before we you know count those chickens but um yeah it's it's not a great situation it feels to me i guess like what i'm trying to get at there is like the nfl got rid of or not it wasn't just the league's decision but i mean i don't know if they're gonna allow john gruden to just remain in his spot had he not resigned um and i just wonder you know i think you have to wonder like could this be like you know a purge of some things that are not so great hanging over the league uh we'll see what happens with washington uh but again they have the kansas city chiefs um this weekend every nfc east team is at home except for the cowboys uh so likely a falling to two and four for washington on the field we have two more teams to get to and week six to kind of look forward to but before we do going to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. It is the NFC's mixtape. BLG, what did you do during the break? I sat here in silence and looked around at my calendar and my microphone, and that's it. Yeah. Do you have a physical calendar? Are you one of those people? I get an Eagles calendar every year for my Christmas gift from my parents. They've been getting it for me since I was probably like eight. I don't know. Just basically my whole life. Every year, it's like it's kind of funny because they wrap it, and I'm like, "Gee, I wonder what that could be this year." Again, I I love it. Don't get me wrong; I'm not complaining. Although it's always funny because like whoever makes these Eagles calendars like does a really bad job. For this year, example, the pictures like on the month. Yeah, like let me let me just really quickly like read you some of the names as I pull it off here of some of the players. I don't have it hung up. I'm just have it sitting out like a crazy person. Um. I have like there's a view here that shows you all the players at once and like you have Jalen Mills not in the team, Sidney Jones not in the team, Deshaun Jackson not in the team, Derek Burnett disappointing player going in his contract year probably not going to be at the team next year, Andre Dillard was looking like a bust, uh, Dallas Goddard that's fine, Alshon Jeffrey 
Like everyone knew he was not going to be on the team this year a long time ago. He is on here. Lane Johnson, that's good. Zach Ertz is like, you know, not great, but like whatever. Legacy thing. Miles Sanders, good. Carson Wentz is on here in November. And then Fletcher Cox, which is obviously a good one to wrap it out. So like more than half of the players aren't even on the roster. Um, that's tough cookies. I mean, I wonder when that like goes into production that Carson Wentz is on it. Cause it's, that's like before March, you know what I mean? Um, but it is appropriate that we've turned the page on the Philadelphia Eagles here or to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, cause that is next for us. The Eagles beat the Panthers BLG. It was looking, looking really bad. We were starting to take some victory laps at BL, uh, BLG at BTB, um, with, uh, the Jalen Hurts snap situation with just the overall, grossness that was that game but Darius Slay for all the haters and losers Darius Slay mm. showed up yeah he had an interception two of them for the first time since the Cowboys game in week 16 last year and his only interceptions outside of that game you see he had one in the previous 18 or so games 19 whatever um that he played I think he missed a couple due to injury um yeah so he showed up in a big way that is important Jonathan Gannon has uh, earned a reputation as someone who gets the most out of quarterbacks. We saw that with Xavier Rhodes in Indy. That was kind of a, a big story and, and a big thing to follow with him coming to Philly. Uh, so credit to Darius Slay for kind of stepping up and being that player who I think it's funny, RJ, when people are like, oh, see, all you haters on Darius Slay. It's like you were wrong. It's like, I don't think you are. I think the thing is, like we were saying, you need your impact players to be your impact players. And when they do, you will win the game. Like that was the point with him and Fletcher Cox. Like you need these guys to be better. And then if they are, you have a chance at winning. And if you don't, the opposite is true. So big credit to Darius Slay for showing up. Although I will say, like, not to take away from him, but I mean, like, the quarterback he's playing, not exactly great. Sam Darnold stinks, man. He stinks out loud. He is terrible. Uh, I believe that going into the game, I'm not just like saying this after the fact, I, and I picked the Eagles to win in part because I thought Darnold is not very good. Uh, and I don't really think the Panthers are even sold on him at all. And and I don't think they're not going to look for an upgrade if they can. Uh, so, yeah, the Eagles won, RJ. They had 88 yards in the first half. And, and in, uh, in the NFL, where offense has never been easier, they had 88 yards. And even at the end of the day, they only scored 21 points. Think about this in a game where they had – three interceptions and one punt block they only got 21 points off of this like they they couldn't and i get that the panthers defense is like respectable good whatever you want to use but i mean it shouldn't be like pulling teeth to score so one of the sleigh picks started the philly possession at like what like the 14 yard line 12 yard line something like that right and that and that was a field goal right for for the philly i mean yikes like i mean and Sometimes, like, I get, like, it can be difficult to score. You get up there, it, the field shrinks, whatever. But, like, that's unacceptable. Like, I, I always think you, you have to get points off of turnovers, which they did, technically, with the field goal. But, like, if you're getting the ball inside of the 15, the 20, 30, even the 30-yard line, if you have less than 30 yards to go, I mean, that's not good. That's, that's, that's actually awful. I mean, I was trying to be nice at first, but then I thought, why do I have to be nice as the Eagles? So, I mean, that is terrible. Jalen Hurts really struggled in this game. Now he came through in the end, and I think that is kind of a thing that kind of you know makes the performance ultimately look better, you know, than it really was. And again, uh, so I put him in my I don't know section of winners losers. I don't know after the game. It's like I, I was like, do I put him in the winners because like he helped them win the game at the end of the day, but like he was so bad. And you know, I think people want to argue that. Well, it's Nick Sirianni's fault, and he's not putting him in the best position to succeed. And I think there's a level of truth to that, but there's just a number of plays out there on the field that Jalen Hurts is not making. Like the accuracy just isn't there, or he's not seeing things. Uh, there was a play towards the end of the half where it was designed to kind of be like a quick out to Zach Hurts along the sideline, but Quez Watkins like broke free, and it would have been a touchdown. And Jalen Hurts, maybe it wasn't realistic to have him throw that, but he had his hands on his head that kind of indicate like, oh, man, maybe I should have seen that. So you leave a big play on a field like that. That's huge. And I don't know if I said this before with you, RJ, but I think Jalen Hurts isn't necessarily defined by these mistakes that are like really bad. He's not like Nathan Peterman out there just throwing pick after pick after pick. And you'd be like, wow, this guy sucks. It's like the plays that he doesn't make, I think, uh, really define him. And 
that means like the floor is higher than it is for a lot of guys, but then that ceiling gets lower. And I don't think people are kind of like evaluating that properly. Um, I, I was going to compare it to something, but I lost it. So why don't you just riff on that? Um, so to me, that idea is um, you ever have like a roommate or somebody, some anybody you, you ever lived with at any point in time that like, they leave glasses of water or bottles of water everywhere, but they're like, they don't finish them. You know what I'm saying? Oh like, my God. Like, <laughs> like, you know, I know like, yes. Like it's, you know, there's almost there's like a, like a gulp or two gulps left of water in there. And there's like one on the coffee table. There's one on the end table. There's one on the kitchen counter. Like that's Jay, like finish the cup. You know what I mean? Like that's who Jalen hurts is to me. That drives me insane, by the way. And I love my friends, Alex and Ivy. Shout out to them. But like, they do this all the time. It drives me nuts. It's like, what are you guys doing? Like, Alex, Ivy, I get, get it together. Seriously. It's just, like, what, just finish it or just throw it away. Like, why is it just there? Why do you have this like it's a bottle of water with like, you know, like a couple inches left? It's, and then you're starting a new one. Like, what is it? What is going on here? So right. I think the thing with Hertz, like, so this is crazy to me. I was looking at PFF's grading, which obviously isn't gospel at all, but I gospel. But I also, or I always think it's interesting to look at, at least maybe provide some context. And PFF had Jalen Hurts as the Eagles' highest graded offensive player on Sunday. And like, there's just no, it's like anyone who watched that game, even like the biggest Jalen Hurts stand, would not tell you he was like the best player from the Eagles' offense in that game. That's it's insanity. Uh, but I think that kind of speaks to like, the way you evaluate him, it looks like he's doing the right things or it looks like he's not mightily struggling. But like there is something called opportunity cost that is very real. And you have to consider about like what you're doing versus what you could be doing. The expectate the ex- expected value or whatever. And I, I just don't think Jalen Hurts has really done that thus far. And this win as a whole, RJ, is kind of weird because like, okay, the Eagles won that game. And it was a really important win because if you lose that game, you're one and four. You have the Bucks coming up on Thursday night football. Good chance you drop to one and five, going to Las Vegas to play the Raiders on the road. Now, obviously, the Raiders are kind of a mess right now, but still, um, not like the best spot to be in in that situation. So you get the win. You're two and uh, three right now, and two and three, yeah, two and three, messing up my weeks. But like, I just don't know what we learned in a good way, like about Jalen Hurts or Nick Sirianni. You can you can say like, okay, they had resiliency, they fought, sure, but like. I don't know. I think there was a lot of bad to come out of that game too. And if they don't build on this, then like that win means nothing. Like if they don't take that ugly win and then like start to do more good things, then I just, it doesn't mean anything to me. So I have a few things just kind of like rapid fire to get to one. I, I, this kind of felt like a game. The Panthers lost more than the Eagles won, which I think might be why you're having a difficult time, like evaluating how much it really means. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's difficult to like, nobody's ever upset to win, but it's difficult to find like what your team did well. Like, I think they rallied late, you know, and that's impressive certainly, but, uh, but I get, you know, kind of having this like hollow taste about it. Um, so it, it was a weird game, but you're right. Like given the, this week specifically, it's, it was a much needed win to kind of like stop the bleeding. Uh, you mentioned the PFF score again, PFF's awesome, but not gospel. For an example, two weeks ago, Trayvon Diggs had a really low grade after the Panthers game where he had the two interceptions. So, you know, just take that as, as you will. Um, on, on Nick Sirianni, something I paid attention to, BLG, no highlighter this time. No highlighter on the visor. He's he's a listener. Nick, appreciate it. You look, looked a lot better, man. Look sharper. Um, make sure to leave a rating, write a review on, on both BGN and BTB, Nick. Appreciate it, coach. Um, and finally, this has nothing to do with any of that, but... Uh, you're right. Darius Slay, three interceptions through his Eagles career, both off of quarterbacks who were number 14. So that's the magic elixir for him, apparently. Great. <laughs> how do you like, how would you even like have that in your mind? Why would you, why would you say that? I actually, for, because that's a really rare number. Like I, you don't see that number that much anymore. It is. Who are the good 14s in the NFL? Like, quarterback? Like, well, like even like historically, they're not like there's Dan yeah, Fouts. That's what that's I'm it. saying. Okay. That's it. Yeah. Though. Hmm. I mean, right, right now, Jabril Cox wears it for the Cowboys, which again, I'm not about, not about this change, but That's I mean, yeah, I know it's, it's not a great number. I mean, even like with all the teen numbers that have become prominent among wide receivers, there isn't even like a receiver who's made it awesome. You know, it's just, it's just a weird number. Like from on most of the fonts, the four is too blocky to be the second number, especially next to a thin one. You know what I mean? Uh, last thing I'll say about Jalen Hurts, like I don't hate him. I like him for mm, what he is. I think he's a solid player. But like, but just honestly, tell me, like, watch Justin Herbert, watch Patrick Mahomes, mm, the watch man, the Josh man. Allen, like, watch Dak all Prescott. those guys. 
and then tell me like Jalen Hurts hangs with those guys. Like he doesn't. Jalen Hurts has three wins Dude. in his career, RJ. Do you okay. know the playbacks he's beaten? Um, three wins in his career. Uh, Taysom Hill. Yep. Um, hang on. I Other two are this season. Uh, oh, well, Matt Ryan. Like terrible Matt Ryan. And now Sam mm-hmm. Donald. Like, you know, I'm okay. gonna see, I'm, uh, the book on his career has not been written, but like I need to see more. I want to play this game very quickly. NFC quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts or this person. Who would you take? Okay. Um, Taylor Heineke. Jalen Hurts. Daniel Jones. That's a tough one. I mean, that, like that is I, tough. I'm gonna say Hurts just because Jones turns the ball over a lot, but I think Jones has the better arm talent. Um Justin Fields. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I I'll take Jalen Hurts. Kirk Cousins. I mean, I'll, if you're talking about like winning this season, if you're maximizing, you're trying to do your best this season, Kirk Cousins is the better player. But you're going to lose in the playoffs. because he's Jared Goff. Uh, I'll take Hurts just because Goff's ceiling is limited. Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I will take Jalen Hurts. Sam Darnold. I'll take Jalen Hurts. Matt Ryan. At this stage in his career, I'll take Jalen Hurts. But you know, so you're over here. He, you're over here complaining about this guy when he's like, yeah, "What's a, the ceiling? A, what's the ceiling, RJ?" This the ceiling is the ceiling is the roof. It's 2019 Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the ceiling. Just just don't get in the way. That's that's the ceiling. But like, you're means. not really contending for a title year in and year out that way. Like, I just think people. I think here's what I here's my truest feeling on this, RJ. I think people want Jalen Hurts to be the Eagles quarterback so bad. And I get that because he is rootable. He's likable. He has it down from the intangible standpoint. It would be so convenient if the Eagles could just have him be the guy and not have to spend these draft picks that they have, three in the top ten currently. The season ended today, which it doesn't, on other things instead of getting a new quarterback. But like, I feel like people are taking that desire and like mistaking that for the reality of the situation. And they're almost trying to like manifest that. And they're like trying to talk that into the reality. I just don't think that's the reality. I can acknowledge that that would be convenient, but what's convenient isn't always true. Mm-hmm. I think also people want, I, I think Eagles fans want him to be the guy. Cause it, it further, it, it like confirms the, the Wentz call it hatred or whatever. It's like, yeah, you know, this, this was, this was meant to be whatever, which uh, kind of leads me into, we have a couple of, non like football results things to address here with regards to the NFC East. The first is about Carson Wentz. You mentioned you were up late Monday night uh, watching the game. Incredible comeback by the Baltimore Ravens, obviously. But what is what what is an Eagles fan rooting for? Because I tweeted something during the game. I said, finish them, Ravens. And some Cowboys fans got in my replies and said, we should be rooting for the Colts because, you know, we don't want yeah. that that first round pick to be higher. And my logic was, no, I want the Colts to be out of this. I, w- I want the Colts to fall to like one and seven, one and eight. I mean, I realize that's exaggerating a little bit and realize, you know what? The playoffs are not happening. Let's bench Carson to protect our first round pick so that he doesn't meet the threshold and it becomes a second round pick. I think it's worse for the Cowboys if if they're kind of in the mix, if they're hanging around because then he's playing the whole time. He's clearly healthy enough, which obviously we doubted at the beginning of the season. Um, and so I that's my take. I think it's better for the Cowboys. And again, you're rooting for the Eagles to not get a first round pick here if the Colts keep losing, because then I would be interested to see if they had the stones to bench him and, and like outwardly protect their pick. Uh, so I kind of want to see that. But that's that's what I think is in the Cowboys best interest. But what about you? Like, what are you rooting for at this point? Is is there a worry that they're not going to be competitive enough to where they do decide to pull the court here? So there, it is a fine line. It's not like something as simple, you know, obviously as like the Dolphins, like the Eagles own their first round pick. So the Eagles just want them to lose out because, you know, it gets better. Like you're, you're, you have to root for kind of both sides of the things to get a balance here. I do a rooting guide every week for bleedingyournation.com. And I wrote prior to Monday's game that like the best outcome for the Eagles would be Carson Wentz plays pretty well in a close loss to the Ravens. And sure enough, they got that perfect result. So to me, I thought it was great. And I know the Colts now are one and four and everyone's like, oh no, they might be too bad. And the, the Colts are going to sit them down. I mean, I don't think that's very close to happening, especially if Carson Wentz is playing well, and especially if they believe he's their long-term guy. This isn't like Madden. It's not as simple as like taking a player from a sure. lineup and taking him out. There's like a human element here. And Carson Wentz was very much out on the Eagles when they benched him last year. So like, I feel like once you bench him, you're kind of admitting that he's really not the guy anymore there. 
And not if I don't you bench him to protect the pick. Like I think the the framing. I don't think he. I don't. You think you don't think he, he, like, he can view, you, you don't think he has the wherewithal to trust that. Like you're saying, he uh, yeah. He's like he's like panicked for being benched for whatever reason. Well, I think he just wants to play. Like I think like uh, that's his attitude. If he's able to play, he's gonna play. Now you know I think if it got to an extreme of like you know one in thirteen or something like that, then sure, right. then maybe that's realistic. But I think if it's anywhere close. And here's the thing: like look at the upcoming schedule for the Colts. They get um. They get some winnable games coming up. I think they get like the Jags. They get the Titans coming up. Um, like they have some games. Houston. Like they have some winnable games here on their schedule. And by contrast, the uh, Tennessee Titans, who are at the top of that division, they have some tough games coming up. Up next for them is Buffalo, Kansas City. They get the Colts, so that's a big game. And then the Rams. So I think it's going to work out in a way here where the Titans aren't just going to like run away with the NFC South because I don't think the Titans are all that good. Um, I think they're going to win the division ultimately, but I don't think they're a great team. And I think the Colts are going to pick up some easy wins here. I think they, if you look at the Colts' schedule, I think they win at least two of their next four games, and maybe all four, and at le- and very possibly three. So uh, a long-winded way of saying that I don't think the Colts are getting to a point anytime soon where they're going to be benching Wentz. I think they're going to be like, okay, we're still in this. We're still in this very bad division, as you've said before, is the worst division. Not the NFC East anymore. It's the AFC South. Uh, shout out to the AFC South mixtape, which is definitely a real thing somewhere. So I think the it's it's working out well for the Eagles, actually, right now. I think they're, they're going to get that pick, and it's going to be probably in like the early teens, maybe. So that it will be assuming that 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 this does you know come to fruition they already have miami's first round pick which right now is extremely high their own first round that pick be. is extremely high i mean they might have yeah. three top like if we're being conservative if the colts thing does happen and again that is still a bit in the air but they could have three top 15 like worst case three top 20 picks i mean if if you're gonna go after a quarterback and i realize there's not necessarily a promising one in the 2022 class i mean and like it doesn't have to be a rookie to trade for. It could be Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or whatever, uh, assuming that that stabilizes from a football standpoint. I mean, they will have the ammunition. Uh, if any team will, it will be the Eagles. If the this is a big week for that Dolphins pick because if the Dolphins somehow lose to the Jags and like it gets that bad, which I and don't think will the, happen, and they've got the tiebreaker. But well, also just be, from a standpoint of like, if the Dolphins can lose to the Jags, then I don't think. I don't know if they're winning very many. Like, if well, the Dolphins got to come back, to be fair, sure. I mean, well, yeah, that but, will like, raise how the floor a little though? bit. I know, but Maybe. still, he's better than Jacoby Brissett. Is the point? I, I don't think the Dolphins are going to get the number one overall pick. To be clear, I don't think that's the likely thing. But if they lose to the Jags, it becomes a possibility in my mind. It's like, okay, maybe that could actually happen, which would be insane. Can like Has that happened before? Like I'm trying to think. I, I don't – no way, right? Like where a team traded a pick a year in advance and then it ended up being the number one overall pick? That would be crazy. That is literally like the worst case scenario, obviously, that everybody envisions. Um, and it would it would be funny, you know, because that pick um, came from San Francisco. Have I crossed my wires? Yeah. So the Dolphins have a first round pick still. It's just from the 49ers. Right. Year. But 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 um, so there we go. Again, lots of yeah. trades have happened. But Miami specifically chose to deal that first round pick to the Eagles and not San Francisco's. That would be funny. You know, because they and, and like, I don't think anyone looks to. back. At, yeah, no, nobody says they're dumb for that because like you're betting on yourself and that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but you can't bet it, against yourself. It, it would just be funny in, you know, in the after effect, you know, if that sure. wound up being the case. But OK, so that's one thing that we're tracking. Um, the other thing is we've touched on the John Gruden thing. And I think I speak for you, BLG. In fact, I know I do in saying that this is totally separate from football. What's happening there, you know, is deplorable. Uh Obviously, though, football games have to happen and the Raiders have to play the rest of their season. I mean, a majority of their season. And they're three and two. They've lost two games in a row. Former Dallas Cowboys special teams coordinator Rich Bisaccia is their interim head coach for the rest of the season. But the NFC East plays the AFC West this season. And none of the NFC East teams have played the Raiders so far this season. Um, I think prior to a week ago, if you had asked us to predict how each NFC East team would have fared against the Raiders. I thought that that was going to be one of the harder games of the season for the Cowboys because that's their Thanksgiving game coming off of a Sunday before that in Kansas City. And obviously at the time, you know, the Raiders had only lost one game uh, and it was it was to the Chargers. And so I think people felt better about them than a- even after the Bears lost. But um, I, I would have picked the Raiders to to maybe sweep the NFCs. I mean, they're, they had they were kind of a, a 
competitive team, you know, for the first three weeks of the season. And so I put it to you. Are there any NFC East teams that the Raiders beat now? And we, we don't know what their football team is going to look like, but th- that has changed. And like that, that is going to potentially change the win loss records of all these teams and draft picks and, you know, things like that. I mean, it, it's, it's a football data point at this point is my point. And I'm not assuming the Eagles are just going to Vegas in a couple of weeks and like definitely getting a win. I think the game is is winnable. I think it's winnable for basically every team except maybe the Giants. Um, yeah, I don't know that it changes a whole lot in terms. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make in terms of the football aspect of John Gruden being gone because um, I think as a football coach only, and not obviously as a person, John Gruden had some merits offensively. But like, does that really get lost with him? Um, they're starting to struggle anyway. I, I don't know. One thing I do know, RJ, is that the Cowboys, not the Cowboys, the Raiders, if they're in the market for a head coach, which they will be after this season, there is a Doug Super Peterson. Bowl winning head coach available. I would love to see the, the Raiders hire Doug Peterson. I think I would buy a Raiders hat if the Raiders hired Doug Peterson because I'd want to see Doug do well there. And uh, the, the Philly connection is very relevant. RJ, because Mike Mayock, obviously, is a Philly guy from the area, and he used to do the Eagles preseason uh, uh, color commentating and everything. Mm-hmm. So there's a and Nick Foles threw seven touchdowns against the Raiders? He, oh, yes. <laughs> Very, when Doug Peterson wasn't part of the Eagles, yes, that is true. And Nick Foles not even on the team. Um, and didn't, didn't Nick, wasn't like the first Eagles home game after Wentz, a Raiders game? Like That was like on Christmas. Like, what's that memory I have? Um, yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, because they played the they played the Rams. That's when Wentz got hurt. Then they played the Giants. And then yeah, they did play the Raiders on Christmas. It was Christmas Day. Yeah, Christmas Amari night, Cooper actually. had a nice game as he usually does against the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, so wow. <laughs> yeah, Th- that stuff occupies brain space. Believe it or not. Um, I yeah, I mean. Again, it's obviously difficult to understand what this football team is going to look like, and they're dealing with something that no team in the NFL is dealing with right now. And we'll see. It would be, I mean, Doug Peterson is obviously a future candidate to be their head coach. Kellen Moore's name continues to be thrown around as a potential head coaching candidate, but uh, we're we're a long ways away from there. But that is a team that every single team in the NFC East has to play uh, before this season is over. Uh, That's all I had, BLG. Do you have anything on your list? Do you have anything anything you want to talk about? You want to talk about Cuban sandwiches again? I mean, whatever. I mean, we're we're here to make you happy, to make you feel good. Halloween is coming up. That's exciting. Uh, And I think it's a good holiday. I will push back on everyone who says, oh, it's so bad. And like, I guess part of that is some older people who I've listened to on podcasts or radio or wherever. Uh, or just you really went life. on a tangent here. I was not expecting this. Okay. Well, you said I could talk about anything. So, uh, and it's especially interesting this year because Halloween takes place on an NFL Sunday. Uh, I believe the Eagles play the Lions that day. Do you know the Cowboys play? They actually Week return eight? from their they return from their bye that day and play on Sunday Night Football against the also returning from their bye Minnesota Vikings. Hmm. Okay. Spooky. So yeah, I, Halloween's a good holiday and I had the best memories as a kid hanging out with my family and going around uh, my cousin's neighborhood, which is a really good neighborhood. It was one of those neighborhood's where you're not just getting the fun size, you're getting the full size candy mm. bar. So uh, yeah, just a little shout out to Halloween. October in general is just the best month. I think you agree with me this RJ. And I feel like it's not just because of the birthday thing. There's a lot going for October. The weather is great. Yeah, the leaves changing color. Halloween is a nice bonus. It's normally spring. normally the time changes. It's really time late. Changes. It's late this year. I think it's November 11th that the time changes this mm. year. Um, but yeah, and like football starting to stabilize, you know, like the, the getting to the meat of football. Yeah, and you're getting to like now it's actually legitimately cool enough to eat the fall foods, you know what yeah. I mean? Stuff like that. Um Apple this cider. Is, this is mandatory. I'm sorry. Um, uh, like you have to bring this up whenever you talk about this time of year. Are you a candy corn guy? Are you like, oh, it's awesome. Oh, it's terrible. Like, where do you fall on this spectrum? I like it. Yeah. It's good. I agree. So you're an apple cider guy? Yeah, like a hot apple cider, you know, served not in a cauldron. Tea. Not yeah. my cup of tea. Not for me. Wow. Why? I just don't. I, it's too like sweet. Like it, it feels like it's like attacking my throat. You know what I mean? Like it's just candy corn isn't too sweet, but apple cider is. I will say this is the time of year. And I know like when you talk about October, everybody brings up like Oktoberfest and stuff. But uh, you've in September. I know. But you've never lived in, in Texas, which is, 
really your loss. Uh, but there is a brewery in the state of Texas called Shiner. Maybe you've had a Shiner at some point in time in your life. But Shiner has a, a particular brew that comes out around this season. It's technically their Christmas brew, but it, this is, you know, for commercialization purposes when it comes out. It's called Shiner Cheer, and they brew it with pecans and peaches. And it is exquisite. And it's Shiner Cheer season is basically what I'm saying. So can we do a live pod one day from this location? <laughs> from Shiner? Yeah. It is a place. Yeah. With, like Obviously, where the brewery is like Shiner, Texas. We can. Okay. I mean, maybe. Maybe one day. We should do a live pod at one point in the future. Not obviously this season. That's not going to happen. But in the future, one day, we'll have to figure something out. That'd be fun. Yeah. How'd the last live event you were a part of go? Like football-wise? Uh, really good. Mm. It was less worse. I said it genuinely <laughs> was. It would have been a lot less painful. I will say, right. um, I won't tell you who, but More somebody. Painful. So uh, this is my last tangent. You got your like Halloween tangents. This is mine. I was locked out of Instagram for a month when I got a new phone. I know I told you about this offline, but I finally got back. And when I did, I had all these messages. Woo, me, I'm popular. Uh, and Flex. one of them was from somebody who attended the little watch party that Bleeding Green Nation had. Wow. And if you want to talk about rent free, the menu at your little watch party, BLG, was hilarious. What? Like the, just, what was actually served? The 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 little cute little names that were on this menu. Oh, I don't remember specifically what you're even referencing. Were these like drink specials or something? I'll, no, no, no. I'll send you the picture. I'll send you the picture. Maybe you were too like, busy. About, like, food. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was. <laughs> Like a lot of things to do. I'll I'll send you the picture that I was sent, and I'll just say it's a you food know menu. You're saying I, it's a menu in general. I don't want to give it all away. I'm going to send you the the photo so you can look at it for yourself and feel ashamed. Okay? A menu, not a not anything else. Like a menu. Yeah, it's a menu. It's a menu. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know Seamus might have had something to do with it, so maybe you should feel ashamed, not ashamed. Yeah. Wow. Got him. <laughs> anyway, um, no one's listening okay. at this point. By the way, <laughs> very quick picks for this week. Uh. Cowboys, Patriots, both got the Cowboys. Cowboys, uh, we both got Chiefs, Chiefs over football uh, team. We both got Rams over Giants. Rams over Giants, and then and, obviously Bucks over Eagles. Yeah, so um, this could be a week. This could be the, this. This could be the separation week for the Cowboys. It didn't quite I mean, happen last week with the Eagles winning. Um, but, but I think it has already. <laughs> I think it's happened. <laughs> what a great time! What a great season, BLG! What a great year to launch the NFC East mixtape. Okay. Uh, everyone, uh, thanks for listening, uh, even here at the very end. Uh, we love you all. Subscribe, leave a rating, write a review, all that good stuff. Uh, BLG is on Twitter at Brandon Gotten. I don't remember your Instagram off the top of my head. It's it's more complicated, same. is it not? Same oh. thing. Okay, well, mine's the same, especially now that I got it back. So uh, at Brandon Gotten, at RGO Choa on Twitter.com and the IG. BLG, as always, the last word belongs to you. Happy Halloween. <laughs>